child's play oh no yeah um so officially there is a version of jack black that's a ghost right so if you see him haunting your room if you see him haunting your movie theater i wouldn't be too afraid of him because you know uh, jack black as a ghost in the movie was pretty quiet so he's not going to bother you he's a pretty silent ghost and he's a watchful watchful guy if you guys watch the movie chucky you'll know what i'm talking about welcome to another week of Ghost in the Scene, um, this is the only audio-saged podcast out there. It's ghost-friendly, um, not ghost-free. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm with my co-host, Rob. How, you, how are you, Rob? Hey, everyone. I'm glad you're joining uh, us here on the show today. Uh, and, and yeah, thank you, Gio, for continuing to make the time in your schedule to talk about this. The, the idea of celebrity ghosts and the idea of celebrities controlling their ghosts. I think is very interesting. I think it's a huge obsession in Hollywood because uh, everyone knows it's going to happen at some point and they want to get ahead of the narrative. Everything in Hollywood is about narrative. Who controls the story? Mm. Uh, and making yourself a ghost on film is like a dry run for you becoming a ghost. You're already creating your ghost out in the world. So once you become fully enveloped into your ghost, there's already that experience, lived experience. Unlived experience, really, if you yeah. want to think of it technically like that. And when you think about it, if somebody like Jack Black, who obviously is a spiritualist, he can astral project, which means that he can converse with his Hollywood ghost in his sleep, and which theoretically means that there is three versions of Jack Black in this universe alone. And we're not even talking about the multiverse. So three extra Jack Blacks... That's a lot of Jack Blacks that can talk about their their life beyond life. And so him preparing for the inevitable is something that is kind of, I would say, a positive. We're not saying that, you know, all of this is negative. Like we said, this is ghost friendly and Jack Black is not Jack White, right? Jack White nope. is white like a ghost. And so Jack Black, he can go ahead and kind of, it's almost like investing in the afterlife when you play a role where you get murdered because like you said you're able to kind of start building experience slowly but surely because if we all watched the documentary ghost the ghost movie with patrick swayze you start off being a ghost uh super weak you know you can't even move a penny mm -hmm. you can't open a door you can't do anything you have to be taught how to walk before you can run so ghosts need to be taught how to haunt before they can truly, you know, be Slimer, you know? So Jack Black is just training for the inevitable, and that's something that we should all be doing. And I think you guys listening to our podcast is training for that uh, inevitable moment when we all die. So um, thanks for listening, and we actually have a lot of things to talk about, so let's, let's get into it. Um, Rob and I were kind of talking about the idea of fortunes last week. Um, I, I kind of tease that at the end of the episode, and we're not shying away from that this week. We are going full deep dive. We have looked into multiple sources, and let me tell you, um, things are looking up, things are looking down, they're looking left, looking right. They're, you know, it, it is a sphere of all directions. But let me tell you, um, we're reading the tea leaves, we're reading everything, and we can we can give you what we found. But honestly, I think what this episode is going to be about, it's kind of us gently encouraging you guys to find out for yourselves. Because this is some heavy, heavy stuff that we're dealing with here. But I think it's better that the public be using this. And, you know, some people are going to get possessed. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. Some people are going to get hurt from what we say. And for those people, I'm sorry. 
Um, you should be listening to our podcast while you're doing your seances and stuff, but we can get into that later. Let's talk about fortunes in general. Rob, have you ever had your fortune told? You know, I haven't really consulted with the proper professionals. Um, it is a lot of energy and it's something that takes a lot of trust as well. Like, you know, do I, can I trust this person to be using good spirits and not bad spirits to communicate? Um, so yeah, I'm a self learner, uh, as well. So I have had my fortune read, but mostly through my, through my own volition, uh, through my own experiences. And I think this is also really important moving forward as well as we we're starting, as you were starting to say, Geo, that it's important that we are giving uh, the public news about ghosts. And I think we obviously blew the lid right off of that. Uh, everyone in the world now, I'm pretty sure, mm -hmm. is now aware of the existence of ghosts and can no longer deny that existence. It's just, we've shown that as plain fact, but it's not enough anymore. Um, we need, you out there, our listeners, we need you to also take matters into your own hands, much like we did. You know, we are experts, but, you know, we are only limited by our own perspectives. Uh, and also we are facing such uh, paranormal energies, paranormal energies right now that we need everyone that we can on board. And that, you know, we're training you, like we're saying, you know, like everyone's training for the inevitable. We're help training you by at first getting your mind space more into the paranormal and spiritual. And the next step is to start doing it yourself. Right. Um, so, yeah, I have had my fortune read and I've done it myself. And it's not that difficult, actually. And it's something that everyone can do and should be encouraged to do as well. And, you know, we have to kind of give ourselves a little bit of a break. We're not all Jack Black. We don't all have the fan base of a Jack Black. And because of that, we we don't have the power and the, you know, the drive that he has to to, you know, kill himself in a movie like that. We're not all like that. So let let's give ourselves a little break and and like you said, this is this is all about the progression of of where we are going as well. This this show. This is a collective we, dear listeners. Yes. Of course, because we've been investigating and we've been learning all about and exposing all of the truths that we found. And when we come across certain artifacts through time and, and space and we see that they are providing answers and it's connected to spirits, that is an avenue that we had to walk down, right? The, our investigative noses had to go down and, and take a whiff. And I smell truth. That's and that's the thing, it, you know. I can smell BS from a mile away. I went to the doctor, and they said if if I wanted to, I I could get my septum removed, and I could make it two miles. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm gonna do it, because my BS ometer is is pretty good. I don't know if I need it two miles, but I can. My body's capable of it, but I smell truth when when I when I hear about the tarot. When I hear about, you know, um, those fortune telling machines and when I hear about books like the I Ching, all of these things, and, and we'll, we're going to get into these, but these are all old artifacts. These are ancient humans before the age of science, right? Which is the kind of thing that we aren't really accustomed to. Rob and I are through and through scientists. You know, um, you were kind of humble there saying you're, you're self-taught. I mean, the school of hard knocks, Rob, is, is an accredited school. But the idea of fortunes, anybody can learn at any time. It's not just, you know, a young man's game. This is an any, any person's game. So um, let's talk about tarot first because I think that's something that most people are more well acquainted with. And then we can kind of get into the more... I wouldn't say obscure, but there are just different kind of flavors out there from different cultures that we can get into. And like any good scientist, you're, you're going to be consulting multiple sources as well. You know, you mm -hmm. can't just have one paper. You know, this is peer review, folks. Uh, and I think it's also important to remember that spiritualists and the occult were the original scientists. 
like their place in society were as scientists. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's just keep that in mind. Like, you know, these are fields that from the beginning were one field. It was one thing. And at one point they broke them up and split it apart to say, nope, science mm -hmm. can't work with ghosts. You don't see a ghost in science. You gotta, you gotta see it to believe it. Well, I'm not buying that anymore. I don't think anyone's buying that anymore. I think we're going back to this more, this older and perhaps more pure idea of spiritualism and science as being something actually tied to the same thing. Absolutely. So two sides to the same coin. And, and, and yet, you know, the idea that it, it's two sides and one thing, it gives it a duality, right? Good and right. evil, good and bad. But I like wouldn't... What? One plus one equals three in this situation. Exactly, but exactly, and, and I wouldn't say bad or good. You know, like it's it's a yin and yang almost. You know, it's it's a balance, and so you know you need science to balance out spiritualism, right? You, you need to kind of fact check the ghosts because ghosts are like people, and people will lie. You know, people will will you know kind of make make some stuff up for fun, and ghosts have senses of humor. There's a lot of comedian ghosts that are past that are hilarious still. And so you have to be aware of who you're talking to. You have to approach them with respect. I mean, the thing about seances and just communication and divination is there has to be a lot of respect because you are playing in someone else's playground. It, it is You're no longer in the realm of, of man. You are in the realm of whatever is beyond man. And beyond X's and people and non-binaries, you're in a realm above humanity. And so in order to play with these, you know, these ghosts, there's a certain level of humility. And that's why I think we've waited this long to even talk about it. You know, you, you had to go through basically like 70 episodes just to get to this position where we can finally tell you that, you know ghosts are dangerous they're they're you know they're nice they're beautiful all, they're all of those things and now that you know all of that now that we've kind of given you the pretext you can start communicating yourself which is what we've been doing um quick kind of a backstory me and rob rob and i have have been um friends for a, a long time and we started a séances um uh, many years ago this was before ghost in the scene this kind of, I would say, was one of the cornerstones of our early, you know, paranormal experiences. Um, we communicated with gold miners. We communicated with 1960s rockers. And so that's the power of, you know, transformation that all of these divinations can have on you. It, it opens up your, your scope and you're playing with things now that are, I mean, they have more power than we do in a lot of aspects in this kind of game. I mean, it's very much like living in the world can feel like a, almost like a two-dimensional experience. You think this is what we have. Um, you know, there's very linear, linear, you know, I can go to here to there. But once you start looking at, from a, looking at things from a more spiritual point of view, you start to see the world in stereo and in more of 360 degrees and beyond even. You know, uh, it is very powerful to be aware of planes that coexist next to you uh, at the same time. You know, there's there's what you see and what you feel, and knowing that there's also a plane parallel to you as well. And you know, your world will open up. That's all I can say. And you'll start to see things and and learn things about people and about yourself. And you know, it's like we said, it's not always going to be positive, but it's going to give you the tools to make choices in your life that you want. Informs choices, right? That's what it is at the end of the day. Exactly. We want to make sure that we are aware of ourselves and able to act from a place where we feel like we are confident and we know. I mean, even if we don't know what's going on, that's okay, too. You might be very confused right now. And you, you can hold that. And that is perfectly fine, too. And once you start thinking of it in a more spiritual way, you understand that all these emotions and everything that you're going through are valid and good. 
I mean, <clears throat> I, I think it's perfect that you said, you know, it, it is okay to be confused, right? There is an omen that will make you confused. And that confusion is something that you should kind of nuzzle yourself into. Because life is extremely confusing. Ghosts are extremely confusing. This is, this is more than rocket science, right? Rocket science is just things that are exploding that you can push a, a, a tin can up into space. That's rocket science, right? This is so much more complex than silly rocket science. Rocket science, people always talk about it like it's some big thing. It, I mean, come on. Ghosts are way more important than rocket science. And I'll, I'll die on this hill. But you can be confused. I mean, it's okay to be confused. And it's better that you, you don't think you know everything. Because truly, we don't. You know, if, if anything, we, we've been trying to prove things, you know, little by little over time. And I think we've done a very good job with all of our sources. But that's only because, you know, we, we look at it from a scientific perspective. And science always is searching for new truths. So it, it's we kind of came from a hum humble perspective. A lot of ghost hunters, you know, I'm shouting out Zach Bagans over here. They talk to ghosts like they're, you know, they're servants, like they're like they're their paycheck. And, you know, it's cocky and it's it's not the way that you speak to ghosts if you want a positive experience. Would you, you know, talk to your grandma that way? I mean, come on. The etiquette, it's so simple. It's like like eating without a napkin and just getting all the slop all over your 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 food, your chest. And and it's and honestly, and I don't want to I don't want to be, you know, the guy that, you know, brings it take you know talks about america but americans we have a lot of work to do on etiquette you know and that's also ghost etiquette i think that uh, the way that we treat ghosts in movies and uh, in a lot of ways it's just very disrespectful and so that's why we have hollywood and that's why we have places like and we can talk about this later you know like las vegas you know, that just so disrespectful and, you know, so capitalist with, with ghosts that we're missing the point. We're missing the, the actual open communication that we could have. We're ghost friendly, right? We're not adverse to, to talking to ghosts as long as they are open and talk, you know, with talking to us. So we did some divinations right before this episode started. And this is the kind of thing that we do sometimes. Most of the time we don't really tell you because this is uh, for our personal use. And that, that's what this should be for you as well. We're going to tell you that what we ascertain is more for us. And it should be for you. But I want to foster a culture where we can talk openly about the fortunes that we're getting. You know, people get fortune cookies all the time. And I see people post pictures on you know on on social media and i think that's it's so powerful it's such a powerful move and i don't see why we don't do that with other things like why aren't we posting our fortunes for other people to see it i'd say it almost kind of help manifest that fortune you know or at least just have those communications and open with each other and like we're discussing here with you on our podcast you know, you can do the same thing with your friends. And I, and Geo does bring up a really good point too, that, you know, a lot of times we can't bring up these divinations because they're so personal to us. There's so much personal context to it that we don't, you know, we'd have to be streaming our show 24 seven for you to get fully appreciate the, the power of this magic. Um, but it's real. And those of you who are listening, who have done this, obviously already understand this. And may have predicted this very moment. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, absolutely. They they could very well be already at the end of the episode, and have just been like, you know, I knew every word they said, and be because the you know the fortune told me, and that's the power that this stuff has, guys. It, you know, it, it's able to give you a look, a peek behind the curtain of our reality, and. The spirits, if they are nice, they will be willing to give you little nuggets of truth that will kind of set you on the right course, you know, or let you know that you are on the right course or that you need to make a, you know, a, a switch up. And this is not just in terms of you, right? 
like like you said, it, it's very personal and it can be personal, but you could use this in in many different ways. And so um, I want to talk about the I Ching. It is called the Book of Change, um, an ancient Chinese book of divination um, written 2,500 years ago. Um, Confucius really liked it. You know, one of his favorite books he used to re read. And so yeah, of its time. Exactly. A bestseller. Like Oprah would have had it on her O list for sure. And Not so, a lot of reviews that we can dig up from around then to see what the general consensus from the population was. But I mean, if it's got Confucius's um, seal of approval. Mm -hmm. His cosign is definitely all over it. So I have been using this on other people only in um, search of, of some kind of truth. And like I said earlier, I, I, I took a deep whiff. And I smelled uh, a lot of truth in this book. And so what I've been doing is I've been asking it about the comings and goings of someone who's been interlinked with my soul and our soul, um, Johnny Depp. So I'm not sure if we're going to get into a full Depp step here, but I did his fortune. I did um, a couple of uh, things to, to see what his trajectory is is he gonna have a comeback and let me tell you i don't think so i the way that this reads and for those of you who know and um, know the hexagrams he got number four and then number 64 so i guess i'll just kind of read the uh the the main passages right so the hexagram number four is called immaturity, uncultivated growth. So immaturity, um, I am not one to seek out uncultivated youths, but if such a youth seeks me out, I shall at first read and explain to him the omens. So this is about uncultivated youth and the idea that Johnny Depp has grounded up a bunch of young people and given them the omens right now he's a vampire and so we have to think about what kind of omen does a vampire give i think for most people it would just be the, the fact that he turns people into vampires now ring 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 should be happening in your brain right now everybody because I just said he rounded up people younger than him and turned them into vampires. This could only be one thing, and it's happening right now. He just released a new album with his band, The Hollywood Vampires. So if you think about just in terms of he has, you know, the age of like a, an ancient Greek. I'm, I'm, we don't even know his real age. So Alice Cooper, Joe Perry, everybody else in the Hollywood Vampires, they're like babies to Johnny Depp. And so this is saying that he's, his last attempt is going to be with this Hollywood Vampires, right? He is un using these uncultivated youth, youthful people. Right. And then I think this is also important to kind of distinct, to have this distinction because these guys are like in their 60s and 70s now. Um, mm -hmm. and that may seem old to us, but... Think about who these people are and what they do. They are rock stars. They've been singing the same songs about youth and getting out of school for oh, man. almost like 50 years now. They've been, their personas has been exactly the same as they were when they were 20 or younger. So truly these, these men, even though, you know, by the amount of times they've been around the sun, maybe almost 70 times, in reality, they're within their souls. They have stayed. They have. I, I feel like playing music as well. They have almost cast a spell on themselves to stay youthful. The youth spell, absolutely. And Johnny Depp knows that very well, and that's why he's kept them in this band to to keep them youthful and right. also deliver the vampire. Right? Because a vampire is like a youth. It's usually seen as someone who is youthful forever. Like the Lost Boys, of course. Right. You don't hear much about people being turned into vampires, old, old, older vampires, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Age vampires. Um, 
and that's what we're talking about representation as well. You know, we're we're fed all this information to make us think that the spirits are are one way, but there is such a spectrum to look at. And so we have two hexagrams that I got for Johnny. And the first one is all about his attempt, right? He is cultivating this you know youthful group of people turning them into vampires as if to build his own vampire empire johnny's vampire empire is definitely uh you know some kind of his neverland basically right well this next hexagram i believe kind of throws that away so hexagram 64 before completion. Before the little fox has quite completed its crossing of the ice, its tail gets wet. No goal is favorable now. So right there, the little fox, sneaky like a fox, right? You've heard that, that, that phrase. And so when you apply it to Johnny, the crossing of the great ice... That, that is obviously his career at this moment. His career is on ice. Let's, let's face it. The Crimes of Grindelwald, the wizard movie, the magic movie that failed. Um, first of all, it was bad occult. wasn't even good occult. And second of all, he played the bad guy. And I mean, he, so that, that means he had to even lean into the evil, bad, like terrible occult, you know? You know, here's a hot take. Maybe he, and he had a lot of makeup, quote unquote, makeup in that mm -hmm. film that made him look pale and with demonic looking eyes. That may have been Johnny without makeup. Ooh. Yes. Or less, you know? Right. They, 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 they scrubbed him. And so we have the idea that he is trying with you know his youthful you know uh, subordinates his youthful vampires to cross this great divide this great ice lake and yet what happens with the heat that his band is kind of omitting or emitting he gets his tail wet and then no goal is favorable which means that i think that he's going to just kind of give up his it's tail gets wet his butt gets wet. And, you know, we talked about water, the idea of water and ice being haunted, right? Full of ghosts, full of either positive or negative intention. And all you have to do is do a single little cross over that ice, and that entire lake or body of water becomes holy water. So I think this is saying that Johnny Depp will die from some kind of water to his ass. I'm not sure how, if we can wow. read that directly, but I mean, that's pretty, pretty close to what I can, I, I've read from the, the book, the I Ching. If you're listening to this episode now, once Johnny passes this realm to, to fact check us, you're welcome. Yeah, we told you. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't even us. It was probably you know, the spirit of Jack Black that, that just told me because he is very well aware of the situation and he's in the scene. He's already in the scene. And so he knows everything that Johnny's doing. People that are in the scene that have been following us, they know. And Jack Black has been listening to us for years. So um, shout out to Jack Black. Thank you for that answer. And we wanted to talk about, because at the end of the day, we're a movie, uh, Hollywood kind of, paranormal podcast so we looked at movies and we kind of decided for ourselves that there were a lot of movies that we could talk about that have fortune as like the premise as like the main driving of the story um and we found two of them that really kind of exposed the duality right one of them is a 1988 movie called big which uh, stars Tom Hanks. I'm not, have you seen Big, Rob? I have. It's one of those films that they show you as a kid, 
And I don't think you quite understand like what they're showing you in the mm -hmm. moment, one mm -hmm. of those films, but it's something that I think is interesting to, to go back to and kind of see what sort of meaning, because a lot of the times, that's the difficult part about, as you also, as we all begin our journey into spiritualism and reading signs is that there's more than one ways to read signs. As we saw from the, our reading of Johnny, it's, it's not telling you anything direct. And, you know, we might actually go back and once we revisit that reading later, you'll see that perhaps the signs meant something different. It, it could mean something different if we read it again. Like right. Symbols. Like he might actually have a tail and, and not his ass. You know, we don't know if Johnny has a tail or not. I've, I've never checked. So, I mean, this it could be way more literal than, than we're actually reading. And when I say ass, it, it could actually just be tail. So, I mean, you're right. And so this movie, when looked at it from a perspective of just uh, Tom Hanks, you know, romantic rom-com, it's, it's an okay movie. But when you see it from a magical perspective, it takes on a whole new light. So this was, I would say, the yang. And we found the yin to this yang, which is a movie that Rob has watched. Uh, Little, I believe is what it's called, right? It is, yes. Uh, starring Regina King, Issa Rae, um, and uh, Marseille Martin, uh, who's upcoming. I mean, it was really interesting to watch someone so youthful already have the presence. Like, she's obviously in the scene. To have such control over paranormal activity at a young age as well. Um, it's it, beautiful. It's something, it's something that's rare, and I, it was... It's something beautiful also to think of being inclusive uh, because I feel like so much of the occult is made to seem exclusive, like only a certain amount of people can can do it. And this is breaking down barriers to say like, no, like, you know, the youth can do it. Uh, you know, it, you don't really have as much elder representation in this film in particular, but, you know, we need to start, and I brought this up before, but we need to start bringing up these, these barriers. And I think the duality of that right because like they did kind of show uh, you king i'm sorry uh, uh my apologies uh it's regina hall my apologies to miss hall and miss king uh mm -hmm. i want to make sure that we're we're saying this right because like we said names are important as well and it's important we say the right one and i hope that it's their real names i hope we're, we're not we're not going to fact check but let's let's just hope um the same with tom hanks i mean it could be Thomas. We don't we don't know, and we're not going to check that because I don't want to get disappointed. But the duality and between these two movies, uh, a young man becoming old, an old old woman, or a, you know, not an old woman, but you know, becoming young, mm -hmm. and all of this because of magic, because of something unexpected, and. That's kind of the way that most fortunes and most tarots and all, and all of that kind of work. It's the idea that it's unexpected because you're not used to it. it this is this is not, neither of them were experts in the paranormal in, in these movies. You know, he was a little kid. He played with toys. She was a business lady. You know, she probably played with papers and paper clips or something. And so they didn't have the. Uh, occult literacy to understand what situation they were in and it's it's almost kind of like a trial by fire they had to come to the realization that you know their life had undergone some giant change without any kind of tool to help them divine what happened so it's almost like a, a tale you know a, a commercial for tarot and for uh, divination because it's like wouldn't it be so much easier if they just kind of, you know, looked in and, and flipped through and got some uh, some readings and it told them, oh, hey, by the way, you're 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 big because you went to that fortune teller lady or, oh, you're small because you're mean to that lady. You know, like I feel like it's just these movies probably wouldn't even exist if they had these divination tools, you know, not, not just tools. I think it's what you were saying before, dude. It's all about etiquette. Like these people are finding themselves in these paranormal situations because they fail to have the proper etiquette to know what they're doing. Ooh, yes. They're rude. I mean, let's face it. You know, the little kid in Big, he was a little jerk. 
and he was mean to his mom and he all, all he wanted to do is play with his toys and be big and he got what he got you know and the same thing with uh the little movie you know uh, I, I didn't watch it but you were you were kind of explaining to me how how she was kind of a meanie to a to a little girl and she cut in line or something like that and i mean the disrespect that you must have to cut in line of a child in front of them is uh, i i don't i don't, I don't want to say it makes me sick because this is acting and you know this, this is at the end of the day um a story so i i don't want to get angry at the actresses but no i mean it, like yeah but it's an interesting point because this it's a recreation like like we're saying movies are documentaries mm -hmm. it's a recreation like they i mean obviously the the actors in these scenes know what's going on and they're not being possessed necessarily like we you have to look at the production to know um those sort of storylines but yeah it's like it's from the perspective of the producers and crew like they know that they're telling this sort of story too and perhaps they're also trying to give us a wake-up call you know showing it's like this is what happens if you're rude to the spirits and i'm really glad that we're talking about these two movies and just this whole thing because yeah i mean we've always mentioned the fact that you know like you, you have to be respectful you got to be nice and you have to protect yourself right and these are two ways where you can easily kind of overstep your your welcome and and, and the way that you know like you pay money for for readings right that it, it's a transaction in in a lot of times you go to a psychic and you pay them and it's they they it's hard work that they're doing they're contacting other planar spirits so it is a transaction a lot of times and I feel like entitlement in transactions is something that modern people have, you know, the idea that because I'm giving you money that I deserve a service with a smile or with some, you know, like that kind of thing. And when you take that attitude to the occult, to fortune telling, I think that, I mean, it just ruins any chance you had at, at being, you know, matched or paired with a good spirit. You know, because you have that energy, that attitude, like, oh, I deserve the best. I, you know, it's, I'm going to get, you know, the best reading, blah, blah, blah. And that's when ghosts really like to play with you. And that's when you might get a demon. And it's, it's a, a lot of times possession comes from people expecting not to get possessed. I mean, if you really think about it, people that get possessed usually don't think they're going to get possessed. So you have to come at most of these seances, rituals with the fear that you might get possessed. And so you have to be precautious. You, you need to have certain safeguards, candles, you know, incense, music, all of these things kind of blend together to set a mood for the right ghost to come to you and for the disrespect to be washed away. Hopefully, you know, the incense you're using is is blessed by the Pope or something like that, you know? And Rob, you were telling me earlier how you were able to tell that a ghost didn't like the music you were playing, right? As, as you were trying to summon the right tone and, and the right mood, the ghost kind of said, hey, you know, turn that off which I, I think is beautiful. I mean, it's a dialogue, right? So you're not going to be perfect all the time. So don't also get in your head, feel like, oh, I don't know if I have the right candle to do this as well. It's all from a place of intention. And if your intentions are good, more likely than not, you will have a good reading. Mm -hmm. But also, I would uh, caution being gullible. Yes. You can't, like, you can't just take everything at face value. I think that's something that um, Rob has kind of mentioned, just the idea of multiple sourcing. You can go and look in, let's say you buy a book somewhere, and the author had uh, a run-in with a ghost, and they felt some type of way about a card or a, a certain fortune, and they felt negative about it, right? They have a negative experience. That's in a book forever. And you buy the book, and suddenly... You're reading that fortune like it's a negative experience like they had. 
And I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's not always the case, that there are opportunities that you could kind of read into that are way more, I'd say, beneficial to you that might not have been for them. So they could be looking at it as, oh, it's, it's a negative, you know, um, kind of road that I'm, I'm walking down because it's so dark. But for you, maybe you come from a place that's very, you know, sunny and you think, wow, it's a beautiful little place for, with some shade, right? And so it's just the different perspectives that you can kind of read. And so you have to look at multiple sources. It, it, there's no way about going, going about it. If you just read one, one little passage and you expect that that's the end-all be-all of your answer, you're going to be misguided because there are other people that had different experiences that might more align with yours. So it's a learning process, guys. You know, thankfully, we have the movies Big and Little to kind of guide us through the two cautionary tales of the, you know, of the spectrum. But we also, and but that's them using um, divination or kind of like, you know, in, in, in a naive way, right? Mm -hmm. I want to talk about um, something and someone um, that's actually getting a lot of attention in, 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 as far as movies right now. They're a famous person for, and it's it's so sad to say, but they're famous for their death more than anything. And they made two movies about this woman. Her name is Sharon Tate, um, a famous Hollywood ghost, um, murdered by the Manson family, uh, tragically, you know, wife of Roman Polanski. She was an actress. She, you know, died very young, and it's it's tragic. And they they've been. And when I say they, as I mean Hollywood, has been bringing her back recently, and essentially digging her corpse from the cemetery and parading it around the whole town to see. I, I really get a. I really don't like the the whole feeling of this, especially the history behind this ghost. And it doesn't. I don't know if it's really being done respectfully. What I like to think about is this is the fifty year anniversary. Wow. Oh my God. It's coming up in August. It's, it's a couple months, 50 years, 1969, 2019. So I think it's appropriate in a, in a small way that we remember this atrocity and we kind of memorialize it in, in film. I don't think multiple movies should be doing it because then you're creating multiple versions of this kind of, I won't say the spirit of Sharon Tate because there's only one spirit of Sharon Tate, but we kind of have already said it in the Jack Black case, when you kill off that character, right? That has the name Sharon Tate that looks and they cast women that look like Sharon Tate, that act like Sharon Tate, their film depth creates a shadow right uh, a placeholder that is accruing you know experiences on its own but what happens when you already have a spirit in the spirit world and you're creating more spirit versions of that spirit what's what exactly is that why is hollywood doing that i i don't know yeah I and mean, for all of our listeners who may may not know the story of um of sharon perhaps a, a quick refresher would be helpful yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sharon Tate, she was, how old was she? She was, first she was born in 1960, oh no, 1943, okay? So she was 26 when she died oh. in 1969. And she died on August 9th, 8-9. So Infinity, if you put that eight on the side, Infinity 9, 1969, and she was 26. That's two sixes. There is there's too much for me to break down every single number, but suffice it to say that it is 666 everywhere on, on the day that she died and how old she was and pretty much everything about it. I mean, it wasn't just any sort of death. I mean, this was the Manson family murders, and that might resonate more with people 
than perhaps even Sharon's name, unfortunately, because it's usually the, the aggressors that get all the, uh, the attention. But this is, yeah, Sharon is a victim to uh, the family who is like squiggy and like these people that put under a spell by Charles Manson. Mm -hmm. A spell uh, of, of weird, uh, and you know, chaos, really. We might have to talk about the idea of, you know, the cult of personality and, and, and how they hijack certain um, powers from ghosts and from, you know, just kind of from other dimensions. And they use that against their own people. We could definitely have an entire episode about that. And it, it might be a little dark, but I feel like the true crime aspect of a lot of podcasts and just like the way that people have been talking about true crime, it's bringing people, and when I say people, I mean spirits, back. So this is the fear that I have for people to be using the occult. That, that's why I said it's dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous because bad things can happen to good people when they're exposed to this kind of stuff. And here's like a further idea on all of this as well. On 19, in 1968, Sharon Tate uh, marries a uh, very complicated and uh, known pedophile, Roman Polanski. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a whole other thing. But in 1967, it's more about how they meet. That's when they were married. But they met on a film set, as things often do in Hollywood, casting a spell in a film called The Fearless Vampire Killers. Oh, and my God. So this also shows you the, the, almost the warfare of the occult as well. You know, the, mm. obviously, people are being, can also be targeted for trying to use the occult for, for good. Uh, it, it is a warfare out there. So like we said, it's important for, for you to be aware and to be safe. Because it is, it is a new door to a new world, but not all worlds are very accepting. Wow. And I, I don't want to say, you know, that she was she was murdered for the fact that she was in a movie about vampire killing. But let's just kind of put that on the marker that, you know, there, there, there's a lot of reasons why she could have been murdered. There's not many reasons that were explained by the family itself. They kind of said it was random. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody owed them money or something like that. It, it's very convoluted when you get into it and into the idea that they were under some spell. So I want to talk about the two movies that Sharon Tate is now involved in. Her ghost has been taken off the shelves and kind of dusted off and given some new faces. Two new faces are Sharon Tate this year. We have Hilary Duff and Margot Robbie, both acting as Sharon Tate in different movies. Um, let's talk about the Hilary Duff one first because... I mean, this one just set off a giant alarm in, in our heads. It's called The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Um, so right down our alleyway, bowling, we just ro rolled a strike. Because this is about somebody who had... And obviously, this is a well-researched a documentary about her life and, and everything... Um, up until the end because this is kind of right around the end of her career that this picks up you know um and it's basically about her having visions of her own death and being afraid and you know kind of freaking out but not being able to do anything to stop it so this is about somebody who saw the signs but and and, and it's almost like the idea of fortune right the fortune telling kind of thing she saw the sign but there's nothing you can do once the wheels have been set in motion to stop what's going to happen so it's like in a certain way her life was set in stone or and this is kind of maybe um the ghost and scene perspective maybe you know somebody kind of set her on that path and she just didn't have the tools to understand how to walk off the path mm -hmm. right that you can see the signs and you don't necessarily have to walk down if you know if you know how to if you know how to stop that's an, yeah and i think that's a really important point when we're when 
you are starting off in this journey as well, and those who have been doing it for a while know this, is that fortune telling is almost like predicting the weather. Your forecast, you know, at the at the moment, obviously your moment your experience is easiest to tell. Okay, there's clouds outside. But mm -hmm. as soon as you start looking at the weather forecast, you know, the week ahead, you might be able to see that it might be sunny, but once you get there, it might actually be cloudy. It's something that is more powerful in the closer you are to the present moment. Right. And so she and it can I guess the point is, is it can change. You can have a reading that you think can mean one thing, but based off of that knowledge, you can change your fortune with that knowledge. Once you have that knowledge, you can change your fortune because like I said, like it's something that is temporary. Uh, mm -hmm. it, and it's ever changing. Right. That's, that's the thing. And you know, this movie kind of gives, gives us the insight that Sharon at least from their perspective, saw the signs, but was almost resigned to them. She, 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 you know, she kind of maybe even sadly thought that there was nothing that she could do about it, right? Because when you see, when you have omens of your own death, there's a powerlessness to it. You know, I, I don't think that she had the 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 tools. Obviously, and it's so sad to say that we just weren't around. We just weren't around to give her our insight. And I think if we were there, Rob, I think this would be a different history, honestly. It is, but I don't know if we can be too wrapped up in, in that sort of thinking as well, because you know, it's you you can't save everybody. It's true. We need to be resigned in that, you know. Uh most people who ever have lived are now dead. Uh and no one has stopped that. Um, this is a tragedy for sure. Um, and you know, if anything, if her spirit can live on to help educate the rest of us, and if we pay our respects to, to Sharon, um, you know, I think that's, that's where we can take away with it. That's how we can positively look at that. You know, the spiritual realm doesn't exist in the same sort of time space that we do. So maybe there is a way that we can still help her even in this situation. Uh, wow. Even if they're to, you know, prevent her murder. And, and I think like, it's never too late to help. And her. I think that's the, this is the perfect time. Um, let, let's end it. Let's, let's end it, uh, right, right around here. Um, but let's end it with your reading of, um, our, our reading for the tarot, um, that we did earlier mm -hmm. before the episode. And I think this will really kind of. Uh, to think this is BS, and I started to cut you off, but I, I, I do want to show how real this is, and I would be curious to hear how Sharon feels about these films. Absolutely. Uh, so I think we should do just one on air oh, right now. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's, so, let's so what's our question specifically? And this is a way, like a, I think this is a good way to end it because this will also demonstrate our methods, uh, so people can also see like what you know when we talk about ways to talk to ghosts. Uh, mm -hmm. is, Let's just give them an example. So Sharon, uh, what should we ask Sharon? Let's see. Um, not not an either or, because I mean, there are two actresses that are two two people that are um, kind of assuming her role, taking her identity this year. So maybe why don't we ask Sharon if she has um, a relationship with with these two actresses, if if they contacted her for for some kind of, uh, you know, role, if, you know, basically I want to know if, if they know her or if she knows them. Right. So perhaps her question, because obviously I'm not going to pull a card that has email receipts on it. Of course. Of course. Uh, uh, although, you know, that might not be out of the question, but, uh, perhaps for our sake, we could ask Sharon what, what her relationship, you yes. know, that be, what her relationship is with these two actors, Hillary yes. Duff. Margot Robbie and Hillary Duff. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is your relationship like with these two? And I'm going to pull this card and obviously we're on a podcast. We will describe it. Don't worry. Uh, mm -hmm. dear listeners. So, all right, here we go. Oh, wow. 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 I'm going to show it to Gio real quick. I pulled it and it is in the reverse. The lovers. Whoa. Wow. And what? I will pull this up. This is a ma this is a ma uh, major arcana, by the way. So this is a powerful card. 
Okay. Uh, and you know, if, if you're lost and you don't know much about tarot, it's okay. Um, but I will just use these terms. Look into this later. Obviously, so many resources. Um, so and the upside down the, lovers. Uh, yeah, the lovers in reverse. Okay. So first, I'll read about the card. So so our audience knows what we're talking about, so they can have a mental image in case they've never seen this card, or if they have a refresher is always good. Yeah, it's always nice. Just to really hone in on the the symbols that are being used here. Um, so it is represented, it's the seventh of the major arcana. There are um, 20 total, or 22. Okay. Anyway, fact check me later, everyone. Um, and because I can't read numer Roman numerals, if I said seven, I mean six. Okay, number so six. The, the six card. The sun shines in the zenith, and be beneath is a great winged figure with arms extended, pouring down influences. In the foreground are two human figures, male and female, unveiled before each other as if Adam and Eve, when they first occupied the paradise of the earthly body. Behind the man is the tree of life, bearing 12 fruits, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil is behind the woman. The serpent is twirling around it. The figures suggest youth virginity, innocence, and love before it is contaminated by material desire. Mm. This is all simplicity, the card of human love. Here shown as part of the way, the truth, and the life. It replaces the old card of marriage, uh, which they've described previously, and the later images which depicted man between vice and virtue. In a very high sense, it is a mystery of the covenant and Sabbath. Whoa, religious. So she obviously has a very powerful connection with both these actors. And upside down or backwards. What 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 is the uh, you know the what does that mean? Definitely. So wow, 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 wow. So in the positive uh interpretation of this card, uh it would signify attraction, love, beauty, trials overcome. But it is in the reverse. So we have to read these signs differently we read them as backwards and the Whoa. specific divination that is given here is in the reverse it means failure foolish designs oh my god dude sharon tay is spilling the tea on hillary duff and on margot robbie she does not like their their work I, I must apologize. There is some very obviously there's some communications going on on my end. There is a bunch of popping noises that just came from my window as soon as we pull these cards. So, so this is also why folks, why we don't do this on air very often. Uh, yeah. You see the power, or you just heard the power of uh, of these cards. You know, I'm communicating with, with the dead and it is creating physical manifestations in the real life. So these are powerful forces. That's terrifying, Rob. Uh, if if nothing else, so uh, I'm glad we saved that for the end as well because that this isn't this isn't something that we take lightly and should not be taken lightly. Wow. So let's end it there because I I, I don't want there you know to be any shattered glass in in, in your apartment, Rob. Let's uh, let's call it there and just warning and encouragement. Do this. Um, different kinds, there's all, all different kinds of, of divination, of fortune telling. Do them with respect. Do them with a courtesy that you'd be talking to your grandma. Like you said, you wouldn't yell, you know, come out here and meet me and, you know, push me. You wouldn't say that to your grandma. You wouldn't say that to a, a nice, nice person that you don't know. So just treat them like they're friendly people that you want to have a conversation with, right? it's not rocket science it's harder and you know that's that's a t-shirt for sure that, that it's ghost in the scene it's not rocket science it's harder we're, we're gonna make that t-shirt for sure so <clears throat> until next week guys uh stay in the scene keep your eyes on the stream screen uh special shout outs and thanks to uh aeu weight of the writer weight deck that i am using pamela coleman smith with the illustrations Mm -hmm. This is from 
you know, these, they are spirits themselves. So uh, thank you to those spirits. Thank you to Sharon Tate for communicating with us. I know, and having to relive that trauma and in a way sharing that trauma with us live on air mm -hmm. um, it is not easy to do. Uh, and yeah, it's harder than rocket science. Wow. So uh, we love you guys. Take care and we'll see you next week.